Hey folks, back at you with another exciting episode. Today we've got Barbara Inthavixe coming in, zooming in to talk with us about her very, very interesting real estate investing journey. And what I love about Barbara's story, love lots about it, but what I really love about it is that how she transitioned from a very, very intense and rewarding career that was just eating up a ton of her time and not really providing long-term financial security, how she transitioned from that into real estate investing and how she's been able to create a really great life and lifestyle for herself and her family, thanks to real estate. So Barbara, welcome to the call. Great to have you. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. So let's just, for the sake of our listeners, why don't you give us a snapshot of what does your portfolio look like today? What kind of deals do you like to do? What market areas are you are you focusing in? Can we just kind of get the the snapshot? Sure. I invest in Southern Ontario and I go for areas where there's a large demand for the rental units. Mm-hmm. I do uh, joint ventures with partners who put in the money and the mortgage while I do the systems and the knowledge and finding and managing the deal start to finish. I do furnished midterm and short-term rentals. And I also do wholesaling. Uh, I do long-term buy and holds. And with the joint ventures, I especially like doing value add Burr method. All right. Well, that's a good, complete answer. My goodness. So Southern Ontario, pretty expensive market these days. How how are things looking as far as growing the portfolio? Is it challenging nowadays or because you're focusing on the furnished short-term rental, mid-term rental type thing, plus you're doing the burr, is, is that making things work nicely? Well, that's exactly it. So yeah. we find accelerated strategies, those two that you just said, the furnish short-term or mid-term rental, as well as Burr value adds that lets us be able to hold the properties and have some cash flow on top. But what's great about these areas is there's just such high demand and the uh, purchase prices, you know, they're there here. Um, I really have never overpaid for a property and I do focus on being able to get, um, you know, well-priced quality property at the beginning and mm-hmm. make some of the the profit on the initial purchase. Right. So you're looking you're looking to negotiate, make sure that you've got some built-in equity right from day one. So exactly. Barbara, you've got a fascinating backstory. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this wild and wonky and wonderful world of real estate investing. Okay. I was a registered midwife for 20 years. I was wow. one of the first registered midwives in Canada. And it was uh, extremely fascinating and rewarding career. It was very challenging on so many levels, uh, definitely intellectually with the uh, medical, the science, the pharmacology, the biology. There's also a large element of emotional level, mm. um, counseling, family work. There is a artistic element to it. There is mm. also in the spiritual realms, which is really wonderful to have that as part of your work life. And it was a fantastic career. It definitely had a ton of hours and energy demands, which was just fine until I had my own three young children where I really evaluated my own um, personal need for future security. I really wanted to, um, you know, not raise my children, you know, on shoestring kind of budget. Um, I didn't like the stress of having no sort of uh, background support. 
And right. I uh, was really, um, you know, went into educating myself ways that I could pivot my career that would have that uh, future security as well as a passive element and would use my skills in uh, relationships and bringing value to the community. So I was uh, looking into different ways um, of building a different business, but real estate really spoke to me and to have those elements. So what sparked that? Like, do you remember what it was that you saw, you read, you experienced that just kind of set the light bulb off around real estate? I I do. It was a weekend stock trading course that I Mm -hmm. took. And when they were talking about the, the stability of real estate, that there's such small risk to it. If you're buying a detached house on a piece of property in a high demand area, that's a neighborhood, you know, family friendly neighborhood, that is a really solid low risk uh, investment. And I also really liked how with real estate, you have an element of control where you can do things with it. You can run your business. You can, you know, for example, I focus on, um, you know, quality and client services, um, you can add units, you mm-hmm. can, you know, for example, when you mentioned like there's a, you know, there's difficulty in, in Ontario investing with the high purchase price, but you can do things to the property. For example, you could add legal units, mm-hmm. create, extra which, which I think you're probably way. doing, you're doing that quite a bit with your, your birth strategy with a single family home, right? That's right. That's one of my main strategies is adding yeah. legal units. Well, I'm thinking those those poor stock trading guys. There they were. They got you into their three day stock trading course, and, <laughs> and they sold you on investing in real estate yeah. instead. <laughs> that plan backfired on them. But anyhow, good good for you. And you saw the the pros and cons, the 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 big benefits, and how real estate fit into what you were looking for. So I'm glad you learned that early. Now. How did that journey start for you? Because I would imagine that at that time, now you're crazy busy because you're still probably doing the midwife thing. You got two or three kids that are pretty young at that time. And then you also jumped into real estate. So how did, how did you get started? What were your first couple of deals? How did, how did that look for you? Okay. Um, I was committed to the end, the end result. So it definitely was, you know, a lot of like, um, you know, like, I was looking after the kids during the day, dinner was ready. My husband came home from work. We traded off. I went off to the property and did the scrubbing and the painting and the furnishing. So there was definitely, you know, the, the hustle of doing the evenings and weekends. Um, I, I really enjoyed learning different business strategies and mindset. It was like this whole other world of knowledge of self-growth. That was really exciting. So I learned about getting up early. And having a few really productive hours between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m., you can get a lot done in that time. Yeah, you can. Yeah, for sure. The kiddies in the hobby are still asleep. That's that's the yeah. only quiet time you got. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I have also enjoyed bringing the children into the business. So, you know, they get paid and they do jobs and they have responsibility. And, oh, cool. How old are your kids yeah. now? Uh, they're like middle middle school age now. Okay, so, you yeah. Know, so they can all, paint and yeah. They could do stuff. They could yeah. do productive stuff. I love yeah. child labor. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is good stuff. So Barbara, I you know when when you're talking, I was thinking, all right, this this is so cool because you're going from one completely different career into real estate investing, but you touched on that. What do you think are some of the 
biggest transferable skills you brought from being a, a midwife into your real estate investing career? Uh, you know, I think one of the ones would be the truism that real estate is a people business. Yeah. And it's uh, relationship building, uh, listening for what people's needs are, mm -hmm. creating value, coming from so, a place of where I can add value. So is this something I would imagine that you find this very helpful dealing with property sellers? Plus, you probably find it very helpful dealing with contractors, plus dealing with tenants, pretty much everybody. Is there is there an example that pops into your mind, especially with a, a property seller where you're able to bring that skill set to the forefront and it really just kind of turns something around or, or helped you get a deal going? Um, yeah, you're right about those different levels. So, um, yeah, we recently wholesaled a deal. Um, you know, you probably know it's a pretty tough market right now in Ontario, but with uh, you know wholesales, there's a whole opportunity because the seller is coming to you with their own unique situation. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So really listening to what that person is is asking for and meeting their specific needs um, yeah. that really helped us just get that that deal done. And we were actually able to um, close on him in 12 days, which wow. you know I was really happy that that provided something that really helped him out. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, he uh, needed to get also... out of that property quick. It was a yeah, fast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then the and then we were able to you know move it over to partners who you know also were able to um, jump into the value situation that was in that property. So there was mm -hmm. a lot of like ready to be tapped potential to unlock in there. So Barbara, I would imagine that if you're doing wholesaling plus your you know, building up your own portfolio with burrs and, and, and all of these different things that you're doing, you've gotten pretty good at finding off-market deals. Would that be a fair assumption? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay, good. What do you, I love talking marketing. So what are you finding works best for you today in today's market uh, to find these off-market deals? Okay. So I've tried different avenues. Yeah. So far, the best one has actually been the personal touch. I know it's not as efficient. It does. What, take what is time. it? What does that even mean? So that's it? walking the neighborhoods and uh -huh. talking to people and door knocking. So that's you're just been actually the best one. And I, I wish look, it was you, more efficient, but that's been <laughs> that's been the case. So how does that how does that look? How does that work? How do you decide what market are you focusing on one specific town or city, one specific neighborhood? How does that look for you? You must have become a specialist on, on a certain area then. Yeah. So um, I go for um, towns that have industry that are on a transportation network that are within two hours of Toronto. Mm -hmm. There's just always population moving there. For sure. The neighborhoods that the families want to move to. So with some space, safety, quiet, the parks, the schools. I also focus on the houses that I know I can very replicable, replicate uh -huh. the birth strategy, the adding legal units. Yeah. So there is certain types of properties that are, we already know that they're going, you know, I can evaluate pretty quickly if it's going to qualify for a legal permit and meet the Ontario building code. Right. For legal units, for example, there's parking requirements, there's lot size, there's ceiling heights, yeah. entrances. Um, so there's, yeah, so there's houses that we focus on that we know we can pretty um, easily 
know that we can qualify for adding legal units. All right. Well, I'm fascinated. For, forgive me for kind of going down this path. I just find it really, really fascinating, Barbara, because back in the day, you know, I, when I was doing my little I buy houses business, I I tried hiring some what were called bird dogs to to find potential deals for me. And the criteria was you're looking for a crappy rundown type property with overgrown gardens and lawns and, you know, signs of distress and FISBO signs on all that kind of stuff. Sounds like you are definitely a lot more rifled approach. You're very, very focused. So if you don't mind, walk me through when you decide to go out and you get all organized to go do this, what does that look like? Have you already, have you already kind of picked a neighborhood? Do you have a grid of, okay, we're going to canvas X number of blocks of houses or, you know, I want to focus on these houses. How did, how does that actually look in in reality for you guys doing this? Uh, Yeah, you're right. Um, Picking specific neighborhoods, for example, um, you know, with furnished rentals, you might be looking for areas around the universities or around hospitals. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, walking the neighborhood, I guess the ones that really look, you know, newly renoed, I skip. Mm. Um, The ones that- They're they're just going to be, there's (laughs) not going to be a lot of wiggle room there for getting to smoke a deal on those properties. Possibly, but you know, you never know because as you know, people are in all sorts of situations and it's not always what looks on the outside. So um, the best chance is really just to be able to like talk to everyone you can and be dropping your phone number with your flyer, you know, as much as you can. So, okay. So you're, you're kind of doing like what the realtors call neighborhood farming. Like you're, you're going Mm -hmm. around knocking on doors, somebody opens the door and sees you. Are you catching them in the in the middle of dinner, <laughs> Jehovah's Witness style, or what? What are you, what are you doing? Yeah, um, I am. Yeah, I'm door knocking. I'm saying hi. Uh, you want to create a little space. You want to be un, non-invasive, so you can step off their porch and yeah. more be, you know, on their walkway type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, being friendly and relaxed. Um, actually, a lot of people are quite lonely and are happy to connect and have a little chat. Nice. Of yeah. all walks of life, I think, especially the last few years. So, yes, th- there's a few people who, you know, they don't want to be bothered, but yeah, but you will be able to converse with all sorts of different people. That's interesting. All and right. Yeah. Yeah. So the other focus is, you know, not on their house. You want to talk more about like, do they know anybody who's looking Uh, to sell? Uh, You could always ask them about like a neighbor's house that maybe has the things you were saying, like some overgrown lawn, or maybe the roof looks like it really needs a repair. You can, you can be creating conversation if they know anyone that they might want to pass you to. Very cool. So Barbara, I, I would imagine you've got a busy, busy life. You got a family, you got your own portfolio, you're managing, you got all this stuff going on. How often do you do you try to get out doing this kind of grassroots marketing? Every two weeks. Oh, really? So it, have you it's got quite a- fun, actually. I put a podcast on. I really like getting out of the office. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So is it just you, or you drag the kitties along too, or, or I do bring the kids sometimes. Uh, yeah. I bring. I brought mentees, people who okay. want to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so, what what time of day do you typically do this? Oh, middle middle of the day, middle afternoon. Middle of the afternoon, so before mm-hmm. dinner kind of thing. Yeah. You know, all right, very very cool. Yeah. And how many houses slash blocks do you are you able typically able to do in in one session every couple of weeks? Yeah, about a hundred. Oh really? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And have you? It sounds like you're very organized, so you kind of have it yeah. in the calendar, like mm-hmm. you've blocked it off. You'd know exactly what day, what time, where you're going to be right. going. 
That's really smart, Barbara, because if it were, I'm thinking, geez, if that were me, it would be such a hit and miss type thing. There's no way I'd get any consistency. So out of give or take, out of every, let's say you've done this two times a month, right? You said every two weeks you go out there? Yeah. So you do that two, every every two weeks. Give or take, how many deals does that end up turning into over time? Have you, have you tracked that? Okay. So that will be about four deals a year. Okay. That's, that's yeah. still pretty darn good. That's a good. Well, it's good. Go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how long, like your, your chunk of time that you're out there doing that is that like two hours, three hours, how long are you out there? Yeah. Two hours, two hours. will do it. A couple hours. All right. Mm-hmm. Very cool. You're ever able to cover about a hundred houses. Not everybody's home. Not everybody answers. Not everybody has a chat. How many mm-hmm. like good conversations are you usually having in a two hour period? 10, probably one or two, one or two good in-depth conversations yeah. mm-hmm. where there's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. I love that. Yeah. Cause we got all, you know, there's all these fancy schmancy ways of generating leads that are, you know, hands off all this kind of stuff. But I think, you know, I think that personal touch is brilliant. I think that is really, really smart. Do you do anything on top of that? Or is your, that's your, your main thing? Yeah. I also do marketing. Okay, cool. And mm-hmm. what do you find? What do you like to do for marketing? What do you find is working well for you these days? Uh, I do electronic ads and printed ads. So you're sending and, out yeah, direct you mail pieces? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those same neighborhoods that you go knock on the door? Yeah, I try different areas too. I, right. I try different towns in the area. All right. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. All right. So that's what you're up to now. And you're doing a combination of, um, you know, finding your own properties that you do with joint venture partners. Uh, you're, you're wholesaling some deals. So are you kind of cherry picking the 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 deals that you like the, the most to to bring to your joint venture partners and the ones that don't cut it those are the ones you're wholesaling is is that typically how that works yeah there's definitely a goal of of you know seeing what i can do with the property and yeah. bringing them to joint venture partners and yeah it's a great extra boost to give to investors that it's you, you know you've just created some extra equity no that's yeah that's smart and then that way you're also if you don't like that particular property for whatever reason but you know somebody else might you're not wasting that lead. You're able to pass that on to, to somebody else. And and your wholesale mm-hmm. partners, are you typically finding those folks through local real estate investment clubs or networking? Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah awesome. those are great. Yeah. I love what you're doing there. So what are the, what are the plans for moving ahead, Barbara? What do you, where do you see yourself 12 months from now? Okay. So I am expanding my joint venture investing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I connect with partners who want to put in the initial funds and the mortgage and they get into a property that I find and I manage. I know what renovations to do. I know how we can add value through adding legal units or increasing the income. And that's been a, that's really my focus this year. So I have a few new partners. We're shopping for properties currently. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. So if you'd wave the realistic magic wand, how many of these kind of deals would you like to do over the next 12 months? Understanding, you know, mm-hmm. the deal flow, the marketing flow, all that kind of stuff. What what's your what's your goal? Okay. My goal is a boutique investing business where I have in-house management, I oversee the quality. Mm-hmm. Uh I have just a high standard of you know, I don't, I, you know, I make sure my units are filled and the rent is being paid and the maintenance is being done. The property is staying in great shape. 
So my goal is in the range of four to six uh, yeah, new so every, burrs every in the next 12 months. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. So every couple of months kind of idea, you've got the, the crews in place, the contractors in place. That's a, that's a good comfortable level that you can handle. You can manage without things going off the rails and it sounds like you're definitely focusing on quality over quantity. You're you're really looking for those deals that, that make the most sense. That's right. That is just a, a focus I really haven't wanted to break break out yeah. of. Well, I, love, I, I, I love really would rather do you know a few excellent quality deals, bring a great product to the investor, and um, you know have a well managed property. That's yeah. more the the way I like to run the business. Well, I like how you call that a boutique real estate investing company. That's that's exactly what that is. Okay, so, and when it comes to joint venture partners, Barbara, what what do you find works the best for getting the word out? How are you connecting with these people? Um, you, you touched on the fact that you know you're the operator. You're the one that's got the knowledge, finding the deals, got the whole operational side of things dialed in. Your joint venture partner basically just brings their capital and their credit to the table to to do the deal. Uh, so I'm wandering off here, but first of all, how are you finding your joint venture partners? And second of all, how do you structure your deals typically? Okay. I have been finding my partners at real estate investing meetups. Yeah. Going out to the meetups, um, joining the conversations, again, coming with a mind of how I can add value or assist others. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's how I've been able to find my partners. Um, I know I could be doing marketing. I, you know, do have a future goal of some more marketing and mm-hmm. producing more content. For me personally, it, it has been working really successfully to create the relationships, develop the trust, have a strong reputation, produce really excellent quality work. Mm-hmm. And I've been connecting with partners that way. Well, yeah, plus you start also, getting some word of some word of mouth going on there from one partner referring you to another one, yeah. right? One happy yeah. investor. Yep. That's right. Um, yeah, I thought I'd show you when I took your course five years ago. I still have my binder. So I took <laughs> Dave's um capital raising course five years ago. And there, there's a Ontario. there's a much younger looking Dave there, that's for sure. <laughs> so this was great material. And so I've been doing some of your techniques of um, posting my projects, showcasing um, some of the things I've been doing, uh, adding value where, you know, for example, I've been doing um, an energy credit when I build a legal unit. So Uh I end up basically getting my insulation paid for free at the end of the day, Um, you know, sharing information like that to, to other people in the business. So the other thing that's been uh, working well for me is connecting with somebody who's really excellent at the capital raising and closing the capital. Uh So I've connected with partners who they brought the money partner. I do the deal finding and strategic renovation planning and um, taking that to the end to a refinance. And then the money partner brings in the finances. So the money partner gets 50% of the profits at the end after their initial capital is all paid back. Right. So their initial capital gets paid back upon a refinance or a sale. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we split profits 50-50 where the That's money partner nice gets and, 50%. Nice and simple. Nice very and simple, simple, very accessible, very uncomplicated. Uh, we can get into deals. We're not having to you know, spend a year trying to find a multifamily that has, 
you know, good enough structure, but right. there is a burr component. There's not like tenants who've been there too long that it might be difficult or maybe even, you know, questionable. Should we be, you know, putting pressure on them? Yeah. So uh, I, do, I do like that space. So it's been great to work with people that have that, you know, they have the money flow, they've been able to connect with the investor partners. And then that in-between person also takes a portion. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So the connector, how do they get compensated in this kind of a, a structure typically, Barbara? So we've been doing where the 50%, that person and I share it. So we're each 25% partners. Oh, so the, awesome. okay. Mm -hmm. So the person who brought in the finances gets 50% of the profit after initial capital is paid back. So, and so, the, the so, the, the, so the person who's got the cash and the credit, they're getting 50% of the deal. Yep. Yes. Okay. And then I partnered with somebody who is specific, who is particularly skilled and successful at raising capital and closing the capital raising, and yep. then they get 25%. All right. So you're, they get 25% of the whole deal. They get half of your right. half That's is right. basically what That's I'm going right. to say. All right. So it's kind of a three-way thing. Yeah. The money partner gets half the deal. You get a quarter. The connector gets a quarter. Exactly. Interesting. That is very, Barbara, that is too damn generous, if you ask me. But it, well, it is, you know, it is. And, you know, it points to where I really just need to increase my sales skills. So, you know, I know that that's in, in my future. Yeah, no, no, that's wonderful. And I'm, I'm thinking the connector would be going, holy smokes. Well, the, is... the connector is the smart one here. And, you know, <laughs> and also the passive investor. I mean, it's fantastic oh, well, of for them. You well, know, yeah, yeah, a, that's, that's, a a but you're, you're doing you're doing most of the work, lady. Let me tell you. Well, that. it's I, true. I, it's far. true. And my mind, you know, I'd rather have some, I'd rather have 25% oh, no. of like some great properties in Southern Ontario. So of that's course. what I'd rather have. But I'm than, I'm just you know, gonna percent of zero. I'm I'm gonna just plant a little idea and hopefully in your mind there. I'm pretty sure now these people you've worked with so far, they're spoiled. So it's gonna be hard to kind of turn the shift the ship shift shift the ship with those guys but any new connectors that you might might uh bump into i think you know right now they're getting 25 percent of the deal if they got 10 percent of the deal they should be quite happy actually i mean for for that connection piece so it could be 40 and here's what i've seen some other people do they do a you would get 45 percent your money partner would get 45% and your connector would get 10%. Yeah. That's that's something I've yeah. seen other people do yeah. very successfully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And quite frankly, it's quite fair. It's a very fair mm -hmm. deal for everyone. And then that way, because here's the challenge, Barbara. You're you're a wonderful, generous person, generous soul, but there's so darn much work involved with doing one of these, finding one of these deals, getting your team out there doing the whole thing furnishing it, managing it, everything that you do is super high value. It really, really is. And I agree with you. It's it's better to have a little piece of something than no piece of nothing. However, I, I think you can you can still have create a win-win-win situation without giving away the farm. Yeah. I think you're totally right. Yeah. It's truth. No, that's mm -hmm. beautiful. That's beautiful. So yeah, you're you're doing great things and what else was I going to ask you about there? Oh, yeah. You, you mentioned that one of the best places where you found and, and connected with potential joint venture partners is at real estate investment clubs. 
I love that. And I just wanted to get your feedback on this because, you know, over the years I've spoken at lots of, of real estate investment clubs, and I find that the Pareto principle holds true. Like you got 80% of the people there. Well, hundred percent of the people there are all real estate weirdos like you and I, they, we've all drank the Kool-Aid. We like the whole real estate thing. However, most people are kind of sitting on the sidelines, not doing anything, or they did a deal years ago, but they haven't done anything recently or whatever. They're, they're scared to jump in for whatever reason. And then you get a rock star like yourself showing up and they see what's possible. And the fact that they can partner with you, get in on a deal and not be all by their little lonesomes, right? So they there's so many people that would just far rather do that. And here's the beautiful thing there is, you don't have to convince anybody mm -hmm. about the value of real estate versus stocks, bonds, mutual funds, anything like that. They they already get it. So yeah, that is a really good shortcut. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're doing that. Yeah. You're awesome, right. awesome. Holy yeah. smokes, time flies when we're having fun here, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if people want to connect with you, if they want to find out more about you and your wonderful boutique real estate investing business, what can they do? Sure. I welcome anyone to reach out to me. I'm happy to share any resources or information or chat or talk investing or talk about moving forward. So my email is MomentumProperties99 at gmail.com. And also I'm on Facebook under Barbara Inthavixe. I-N-T-H-A-V-I-X-A-Y. And I, I'd love to connect. I bet you there's only one of those. <laughs> Barbara, this has been a blast. Congratulations on all that you've done. And it's great to see you again. It's been a long time since, since Burlington, that's for sure. But you've done some pretty amazing things. So keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Dave. It's great to connect with you. All right, everybody. Take care. And we'll see you on the next episode.